We're going to start with a nice word on Pashas Achrei Mois, a word from the Divri Yisrael. He says on the Pusik, Valyuvay Bukhal Aysa Lakoidesh. It means the Mama Chazal, the Mishnah. A person shouldn't say, when I'll have time, that's when I'll learn. Maybe you won't get around to it. So he says you could add to that, that there's another reason why a person shouldn't say that when he has time, that's when he'll learn. He says, if Hashem would have wanted to give his Torah and his mitzvahs and his avoida, serving him should be when somebody has time, when they're able, when they're uh, nothing else on the agenda, not, not uh, too busy with anything else, not yomter, not paisach, not simchus, not problems, not challenges, and they're in the mood and all that. He would have given the Torah and the mitzvahs to the malochim. They always have time to serve Hashem. They're not busy making a living. They're, they're definitely more capable than us. Hashem didn't want that. Serving Hashem means that we do it when it's not easy. We do it um, while taking care of a lot of other things that, that we have to deal with, which Hashem wants us to deal with. And that's what it means to serve Hashem. To be there and be committed and, and not to wait for circumstances and, and everything else to just work along with us. He says, A person shouldn't come to the Kodesh. A person shouldn't come to his Avod Hashem and serving Hashem when when he has a lot of time. Don't do that. That's not the attitude that Hashem wants of us. Avdus is when a person um, um, is ready to serve Hashem and do whatever he wants, whatever Hashem is asking of us, with all the challenges and all the obligations, all the responsibilities that we have. Um, a very important lesson, obviously, when it comes to serving Hashem. And part of serving Hashem is um, doing what Hashem wants of us in our day-to-day life, in married life. And there are so many things that people should be doing and part of what, what being a responsible adult part of what being a married adult and part of what being a parent means, there are obligations. There are obligations that we have, daily obligations uh, that we're expected to fulfill, things that we're expected to take care of. And so often people get into this uh, mode of, I'll do it when X, Y, Z. Either when I'm in the mood and it's easy for me or I overcome certain challenges or certain struggles or I'm not dealing anymore with you know, certain personal difficulties. Some people you know, push it off till they're in a better place. And other people... We'll push her off until other people are working alone. When my kids are married, or my husband is nice to me, or when my in-laws leave me over a lot of money, that's when I'll X, Y, Z. Now, if you're talking about something that's an obligation, something that's a responsibility, something you should be taking care of, then pushing it off is just another example of somebody waiting, somebody waiting for, for it to be easy and more doable. And that's something that we're taught is not the way to serve Hashem. So I think it's it's... It's just such an important life. It's such an important um, lesson in life you know, to know how to be responsible, take responsibility on your own life and what you're supposed to be doing and not wait for other people to do what they're supposed to be doing or wait for other things to make it easier for you to do what you should be doing. And that, that's, what, that's, what, that's part of what being a responsible adult and a responsible yid is about. Um, with that said, and I hope I'm not coming across even just as an introduction to what we're going to be talking about as trivializing the difficulties that might be um, you know, coming your way. It could be very hard for you to do what you have to do. But again, that, that's what life is about. That's what, Hashem, that's what serving Hashem is about. And I think everything we do in our lives should be seen in the light and the perspective of serving Hashem and doing what Hashem wants of us to do in this situation. It's not only about being Makayim 613 mitzvahs when they're hard. It's about being the people we should be and doing that which is asked of us to do even when things are hard and even when it will one day might maybe become easier for us. You're not supposed to wait for that. So with that said, let me Read a question. Hello, thank you for all your amazing articles. Okay. I'm used to people starting off with uh, speeches, shurim, and, and things like that. But uh, for those who don't know, I do give out a weekly 
um, paper, an essay on um, topics of Shombayis and Chinuch. You can get it at parshalessons at lahoe.org if anyone wants to send an email to be added to the list. Again, that's parsha, P-A-R-S-H-A-L-E-S-S-O-N-S at L-E-H-A-I-R dot O-R-G. You can sign up for that and get a weekly essay. And I'll also mention that whoever wants to help out a little and sponsor the course of these essays, which are not so easy to you know, have covered, but um, definitely a Ziki Rabbim, a lot of people benefit from it. So you can reach out to me over there as well to dedicate an essay. Anyway, back to the question. Thank you for all your amazing, amazing articles. I need to ask how to react to something that really hurts me. My husband bought a bike to ride to work and back. He didn't even tell me about it. I happen to have seen him riding it. I have no idea when he got it. I always tell him that nothing is important enough for him to share with me. He is a quiet type. Da da da. I want to tell him next time he wants to be with me that I'm not an item on the shelf, that whenever he needs me, he uses me. I'm not ready to be that. If he doesn't treat me as a wife, then there's no need for me to act like a wife. I'm upset, and I feel this way, but it probably is the wrong way to react. I'm upset, and I feel this way. I feel like reacting this way, I guess, but it's probably the wrong way to react. I just didn't react yet because I don't know how. Can you please help me with this and direct me? Thank you. So, like I often mentioned, this question came in about six months ago, and regardless of what I answered um, the email, personally, um, you know, I, I would assume that if somebody could hold themselves back and not react for six months until they get an answer, that would be wonderful, but obviously when you're dealing with something um, pressing, uh, you shouldn't wait for it to be answered in a year. But in any case, let's just uh, address some of this in a way that might be helpful for everyone, regardless of, of their own personal situation. So let, let's start with this, just because that's what you ended off with, reacting. Reacting. Reacting, in general, the word reacting, the term reacting, the idea of reaction, which basically means that because something happened, that's what I'm reacting to, is most often um, spontaneous. That's what reaction is about. And most often it's emotional. That's also what reaction is about. That's what's triggering um, certain reactions. And it would be great if people could get themselves to slowly try to work on reacting not as quickly, not as emotionally, and postponing a reaction, because all of a sudden, the more you can think about it, and the less emotional you are about it, you know, the better off the, the, the better off you are. You're in a better place. You can think about things logically. You can deal with them intellectually and rationally. If you can wait till you get guidance from somebody who's even who's even more objective than you, that's even better. So just you know, this is unfortunately um, so often so many things in relationships, so many difficulties that people deal with. It's all about reaction. And if only we could slowly try to train ourselves to react differently or not react, that's a wonderful thing. And it's not easy. It's not easy to not react. Um, there are two things that, that are important to remember, two things that you can always push off. And you won't regret it. And almost anything, for that matter, you can push off and you won't regret it. One is a reaction. If somebody says something hurtful to you, if somebody does something mean to you, somebody does something that you don't like, the instinct is, I have to react right away. Sometimes you don't even think about it and you're reacting instinctively and it wasn't with a cheshman at all. Sometimes it's with a cheshman. Sometimes people think, like, I have to put my foot down. I can't let this happen. Very often, you can push off that reaction for a few hours, for a day, for a week, and you won't lose anything. Nothing's going to happen if you come back a week later and say, you know, that thing really disturbed me, and because of that, I thought about it, and this is going to be my reaction. Same message. Reacting on the spot when you're more worked up about it and you're making less sense is not going to work to your benefit. Just remember that. You're not, you're not losing anything by pushing it off. Um, the other thing is that when you did react already, 
whether it's the wrong way or you said something you shouldn't have said or you regret it, that you can always retract. And I've helped many people with that. Many people come to me and tell me about situations where I shouldn't have said this, but this is what I said. I shouldn't have texted, I shouldn't have emailed, but this is what I did. Nothing's going to happen if two days later, long after it was forgotten, if you come back and you say, oh, that's what I did, and I'm sorry about it. I shouldn't have done that. You can, nothing's going to happen if you turn back a few pages and discuss something in a better and healthier way than you did originally. And same thing is the other way around as well. If you react in the wrong way, meaning that instead of putting your foot down when you should have, you let something happen, nothing's happened if you come back a few days later and say, no, I, this happened, this request was made of me, this demand was made of me, um, I really wasn't happy about it, I gave in because in the moment I didn't think that uh, I, should, I had uh, a different option, and I want to tell you that it was really disturbing, and next time, please, let's try to avoid this. Nothing's going to happen when things get pushed off, nothing's going to happen when you revisit a situation, and as long as you're doing it the right way, you don't have to be afraid to bring something up just because, well, it's an old thing, so why would I want to... If you're doing it better this time, you're, you're addressing it better and healthier and, and, and in a more correct way, then there's nothing wrong with uh, revisiting. So that's just another idea that sometimes people um, don't think about and it causes them to react the wrong way or, or not to react at all, etc. And one more thing that I just want to point out also by means of introduction is that getting guidance, like you're asking me, how do I react? I don't know how to react. Can you direct me? It's a wonderful thing. Um, getting guidance in general is a wonderful thing. Not always you have the... the privilege of getting guidance in the moment and in general like I mention often discussing these ideas and whoever's listening to these ideas that's called getting guidance you don't always have to wait for guidance on something specific but in general learning how you know getting a bigger toolbox and learning how to deal with stressful situations and misunderstandings is definitely a wonderful thing to do you don't always have to wait for a specific um, challenge or chaotic uh, atmosphere to get some guidance so that's that's another thing that I wanted to mention now Let's, let's get into this question over here, and I'm assuming that some people who listen to me often probably know what I'm going to say and which parts of this letter I want to address. So somebody is writing to me that they are really hurt, which I understand. That's a feeling, and everyone's entitled to their own. But really hurt by what? Really hurt by the fact that your husband is doing something. He bought something, and he's doing something, and he didn't tell me about it. And he's not sharing it with me, and I can't handle it. Now, it's very important to, to just you know, break this down and realize that the issue you're describing, it, it sounds terrible, and I don't want to trivialize it. It could be very disturbing. It could be very disturbing. It really could be very disturbing. Um, I, I think, in terms of boundaries, which is something I talk about often, one of the basics of relationships, just understand whose decision is what, him buying and riding a, a, a bike, riding a bike, and not asking you to join him on the bike, or asking you to ride a bike, um, is technically his thing. It doesn't mean that I would have told him that it's the right thing to do, to buy a bike and ride a bike without telling your wife. Uh, n- not at all. I think that uh, it's, it's nice to communicate, and it's nice to you know, share ideas and not, not let your wife find out things about you. And the same thing with your husband. Your husband doesn't have to find out that you bought something or did something. Again, not going into the whole idea of who's spending whose money. Um, but I think it's just, it's just important to realize when, someone, when someone's doing something that belongs to him. It's not very different, I don't think, than if your husband... Uh, Again, not because of the money issue or the surprise or the hurt feelings involved. I'm saying he has a car that he likes and the next day he's buying a new car and he came home with a Jeep and you don't like a Jeep. And I don't need to like a Jeep. And there's a certain image about the Jeep that you don't like and it's a white Jeep. You know, I understand all the things that bother you. I really do. It's just important to realize this is his thing and he's, he's doing what, he's supposed, what he wants to do and you know, maybe he's allowed to. Maybe he's allowed to. Maybe if he would have told it to me, nothing would have really changed because as much as I would tell him I don't want to, he's still entitled to what he wants. Now, if this would be a locha issue, 
or even an official standard issue, which is now influencing the home and everything. You know, there's things to talk about, and I think you should talk about this to your Ruv or your Dastoir, whoever guides you and tells you which things are okay, which things are not okay, which things are standard issues. It's a standard that you don't want to you know, lower, or it's a halacha issue, or it's a chimre, or it's a minig, or it's a masayra. There are definitely a lot of things that go into that category. I'm just afraid that when you talk to your Ruv about your husband's Jeep, he might say, listen, I don't need to like a Jeep, but if that's what he wants to ride, then he's entitled. So just to understand, just to put into perspective over here, what, what's happening over here? Your husband's doing something that you don't like, and he's doing something that has everything and, and anything only to do with him. Okay? I'm not saying he communicated the right way. I'm not saying this is the way healthy relationships look. But just realize what it is that you're talking about. He didn't bring the, the Jeep into the bedroom. He didn't change um, um, the, the furniture in the room. He didn't um, take... He didn't buy this for the kids and tell them what to do without telling mommy about it. He bought himself a bike and is riding his own bike. I'm just, I'm just pointing that out. Okay. I, I don't, I, again, I'm being clear by the fact that he probably did not do the right thing. Um, and this is an image issue. I don't want my husband to ride, riding a bike. I don't want my husband to be wearing um, this, this shirt. I don't want him to be uh, talking to that person. I don't want him to be learning with that. There are a lot of things that people say very often. They don't like when someone does something. And I understand them. And it could be, once again, that their spouse should have taken that into consideration. How is this going to make my wife feel? Which maybe he did. We'll talk about that soon. Um, but it's about him doing his own thing. And if he's going to do things, if he's going to do his things the way you want him to, that basically means that you and him are both doing what you want. Right? That, that doesn't make so much sense. And, and that shouldn't... Um, I, I just think it's important to realize that. Now, like I said, you, you could discuss this with someone. You should discuss this with someone just to know... I'm saying this also because so many people out there who are dealing with a little different examples, discuss it with someone and see if the example you're dealing with is something that does pertain to both of you, something that you should have more of a say about, or something that is technically okay if he does it this way. I, I hear this so often, so many different examples, where to me it's almost uh, simple that, you know, why are you trying, why are you trying to make someone else's decision? You want to speak up and say something that's bothering you? You want, to, you want to give your input and say, I prefer if you do it this way? That's fine. Everyone's allowed to speak up. But to, to be hurt and to be upset and to now uh, use it against someone that they did something that you don't like that they did again you're not as mommy that's just something to remember now one of the the three most important um, things in any relationship I spoke about this once at kind of two and if I had to break it down to three things that are like so basic and so important and so fundamental one of them actually is boundaries which we just spoke about important to understand the idea of boundaries what belongs to who in a relationship what's yours what's mine and what belongs to us together um, another thing is flexibility. Very important for people to have that flexibility, knowing how to live together and work along with another person in a relationship and not to be stuck. But one more thing, which is maybe the most basic or maybe underlying both of these, is communication. Communication. It's so important to know how to communicate. And that's the second thing I wanted to talk about. first thing was the boundary issue, what, who this belongs to, his bike. But the second thing is communication. And I believe there's a few parts of this communication over here that definitely have to be addressed. Um, you mentioned that he doesn't tell you anything. Um, again, some black and white terms, just to point out, I don't mean to get nitty-gritty, but uh, I want to point out some, some black and white terms. Um, I've, I've, I always tell him that nothing is important enough for him to share. You know, different, there's different wordings over here that might just be interesting, like, Hitaka doesn't share anything? I wonder. But forget about that. You mentioned that he's a quiet type. And it seems that you're attributing his not sharing with you because he's quiet. It's very important to, to understand it the way it is. 
When somebody doesn't share with you something, it's usually not just because they're quiet. There are quiet people who share less. That's true. They're not going to share everything that went on and every uh, phone call and every email and every text they got during the day because they're quieter. They're not, they're not very talkative. But very often when somebody's not sharing with you something specific, especially something like this, you know, he, he could have, he should have probably figured out that you're going to find out that he's riding a bike. Um, I doubt it's just because he's quiet. As a matter of fact, I don't think quiet people would make such moves on their own. Most people who are considered more quieter and have maybe less confidence would probably not make such a move um, behind his spouse's back. I would assume that his not sharing this with you has to do with his not being comfortable communicating this. Now, I'm not justifying that at all. Communication is one of the most important things in a relationship. But I do think what's important, and especially when, the way I always say, if you're the one asking the question, I'm going to tell you what you could do on your end to do things better instead of telling him, because he didn't ask me if he should tell you or not. Um, but I think what you could do is try to think, at least, think about, why would he not tell you this? Think about it. Why would your husband not tell you about something like this? He, he's buying a bike. He's been riding in the street. Now, I have no idea where you live. If you live in Antwerp where this is normal, or you live in... Or you live in um, uh, whatever, I'm not giving my examples. If you live in Williamsburg, where it's not normal, and most, most in Galat don't ride bikes, but wherever he is, I assume that he probably understood on his own that he should have discussed this with you, and he didn't. Now, it's important to realize when somebody doesn't discuss something with you, especially when they know you're anyway going to find out about it. If you won't find out about it, it's okay, so he figured that I'd rather not. But he, find, he knew you were going to find out, he still didn't discuss it with you. What does that say? Could it be that he's very afraid to discuss this with you? Could it be that in the past when he tried discussing either this, you didn't tell me if he never discussed this with you that he wanted one, but could it be that when he discussed similar things, he didn't feel it was taken well? Just last week I was talking to Ingaman, who also his, his wife had a lot of um, complaints about him not sharing things, and you know he told it to me, in that case I wasn't talking to her, I was talking to him. Um, and he was very clear about the fact that I, I can't share anything. I'll, I'll, I'll play out with you what happens when I share things. And he starts giving me examples. When I tell her this, this is the feedback. When I tell her that, this is the feedback. When I tell her what I'm thinking, this is the feedback. When I tell her what I want to do, this is the feedback. I, I, I can't. It just became too hard to share things. Now, is he right? Is there not a better way to share things? Should he not, not learn how to do it? That, that's, that's his work. But a woman who's wondering, the same thing is the other way around, by the way, when a husband's wondering, why somebody's not sharing with you something, think about it. Maybe there's a reason why he's not sharing it with you. Play it out in your mind. What would you do if he said, you know, um, Sadaikas, I, I want to buy a bike and go to work with it. What, what would be your reaction? Would you say, I hear, I understand? Um, would you appreciate hearing maybe what I think about it or how it would make me feel? Or could we come up with different options about when and how and where? Or is the answer, don't you, I'm t- if I see you on that, I'm not. No, that might be a reason why somebody's not discussing something with you. Am I justifying it? No, maybe not. There's still better ways to communicate than he, that he could come up with, maybe. Um, and communication is important, but sometimes allowing someone to communicate and knowing how to respond to someone's communication, thank you for sharing that with me, thank you for letting me know, um, maybe we can still think about it, I would appreciate if we could discuss it with someone, it's your choice, it's only about you, not about me, I would appreciate if you don't bring the bike into the hallway, I would appreciate if you don't ride with the kids on the back seat or hanging on your shoulders, I'd appreciate if you don't ride it in the neighborhood, there's different ways to discuss this, but it definitely has to be addressed that when somebody is not communicating with you, you should try to figure out why. Another thing is now in the situation you're in. You look out the window and you see your sweet husband riding a bike down the, down the street. You have no idea when he got it, so I guess he's parking it somewhere else and walking home, whatever he's doing. It's up to you to figure out how to communicate your unhappiness. It seems that you want to communicate it by getting all stuck and resisting being a married woman and other things, but, but there's a way to communicate. 
How do you communicate to somebody when you feel that they did the wrong thing? Regardless of if they should or shouldn't or who it was. They did the wrong thing. They hurt you. They, they baveled you. And you want to know how to respond to that. How are you going to communicate that? There's two ways. There's a few ways. You can either go into sulking mode and not talk for a few days. That's a nice way of communicating your unhappiness. Or you can scream at somebody and, and let them know exactly how you're feeling. Or you can push it off just a little bit and calm yourself down and communicate how you're feeling without making them feel bad, without putting it on them, without blaming, without demanding, without threatening. Say, you know, would you mind if I share with you how I feel? I feel hurt. I feel like, you know, you're doing this behind my back or whatever. It's very hurtful. If you're smart enough, you'll probably take it on yourself and say, you know, you probably didn't tell me because you knew that I wouldn't take it well. And it could be in the past when you tried communicating with me, um, I didn't let you say how you feel, blah, 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 blah. There are very intelligent ways how to communicate this. But if you communicate your unhappiness in a way that's not too challenging and not threatening and not controlling, there's a big chance of you being heard and taken better. That, together with the understanding that at the end of the day, it is his choice. And you're even telling it to him. You're not afraid to say, you know, this is your choice. You can do, it, you can do as you please. Without threatening, yeah, but you remember, if you do as you please, I'm going to do as I please. Without going there, you could talk about how this makes you feel and what you'd appreciate if how this is dealt with. I think you'll definitely, I think you'll definitely get further. Now, some people say, which you didn't write over here, but some people tell me this is an advance already. I already said all the right things, and I already put it down the right way, and I already expressed myself, and didn't help, and didn't do anything. It's so important to, to realize that the fact that you said something the right way doesn't obligate someone to do what you wanted. I can, I can give you the best move and the best strategy and the best, uh, you know, when you're playing chess, you can make the next best move. It doesn't obligate anyone. So if you're going to say something the right way once or twice, it didn't work, and then you're going to start screaming, and then you're going to start, uh, you know, getting back at somebody, then, then what were you thinking? It wasn't just a manipulative tactic, how to get someone to do what you want. It was a healthy way of communication. It was a nice way of understanding. It was a nice way of relating to somebody. And most often, it, it works when you communicate the right way with the right feeling and the right understanding. People take you seriously. And if they choose not to, I, think, I, I don't think it changes um, you know, whose decision it should be and how it works and things like that. I don't think that changes. So it's just important to remember that as much as your goal is to get your husband to take you seriously and do things the way you want, none of the day, just think about it. You want him to do things the way you want, okay. Um, but it doesn't, he's not obligated just because you communicated it nicely. I think it's very important to point out. But now, uh, let, me, let me mention the part which I take the biggest issue with, which is that I want to tell him that I'm not an item on the shelf when he needs me, I'm not ready to be that, he doesn't treat me as a wife, and I don't want to act like a wife. Again, I, I don't mean to be critical, uh, I don't know who you are, I don't take this personally, but I have to be clear about, about what I'm reading between the lines. Um, let, let's start with this. Getting tit for tat in any relationship, you do this, I do that. If you do this to me, I'm going to do that to you. It's never good, it never makes... Um, sense. It doesn't help anyone. It doesn't, it doesn't build relationships. It doesn't make people take you more seriously. Um, especially when unrelated. Yeah, it's one thing, and it's wrong, but it's one thing when you say, well, listen, if you're going to come late, if you're going to, because you're making me come late to the Shevrachas, I'm not going to come home with you when you want. I'm going to stay late, and you're going to have to come with me late. It's wrong to get tit for tat. It's wrong to be one for another. But at least it made sense. You know, you, you kept me up. Because you, I came late. I was only there for a half hour by the time we wanted to leave. So I'm going to stay an extra half hour. We could have come earlier. Again, it's wrong, but it makes sense. But if somebody makes you come late to a Sheva Bruchus, and because of that, tomorrow morning, you're not packing him breakfast, I mean, that that's, that's, doesn't make any sense. And it's not helping you. It's making your relationship worse. And so many people live in this, in this mode, in this drama of you, me, me, you, and getting back at each other. Again, I, I understand it. This is what we started off with, reactions, being emotional. It's not good, it's not helpful, and, and, and it's wrong. Um, that's all 
understood when it's when needed are obligatory. You don't have to come up with me eight o'clock to the shavuot, and I don't have to prepare your breakfast. Okay, what happens is it gets much worse when people start um, playing tit for tat and getting back at each other when it comes to obligations. It comes to obligations. There are obligations which people don't like to hear this idea, um, and I don't either like talking about it because I wish relationships wouldn't be about obligations. I'm not here for you because I'm obligated to be, and you're not here for me because you're obligated to be. We love each other, we care for each other, we're connected. But it's still important to remember there are obligations. I have people use this against me sometimes because I talk about these things, and you have therapists who, who talk about, you know, you, shouldn't, you, shouldn't, you should never tell someone that they're obligated, it shouldn't be mentioned. It shouldn't be mentioned. It really should not be mentioned. But when it has to be, and you can't mention it, then, then, then something's wrong. The point is not to stop making a lot of demands of somebody and putting in their face all their obligations to you and all the times where they neglected a certain obligation and start using it against them. But if you think that you could just get away with things that you're supposed to be doing and things that you did sign up for, then what else is obligations made for? Why else are you signing up for it? Why else is, why is there a... I don't want to mention the ksiba, but why, why does marriage have a certain structure to how it's supposed to be? Why does the husband have to commit to paying the bills? Why does the wife have to... Why? Because, because sometimes, if you're not obligated, you won't do it. And if you are obligated, you should do it. So for somebody to say, I'm not, I'm not going to neglect my obligation because you didn't do what I wanted, and this happens very often, that's why I'm talking about it. You came late to the Sheva Bruchus. Again, is that an obligation to come on time to the Sheva Bruchus? Or when I want to go? I don't think so. But you didn't do what I wanted. So now I'm not going to do what I'm essentially obligated to do. Because you're not treating me the way I want to be treated. It's very important to... He doesn't treat me as a wife. Now, I don't know how he treats you in general. And it could be there's other issues that have to be addressed over here. I understand that. But the fact that he didn't share with you a decision that he wanted to make about himself, maybe for the reason that when he tries doing so, it doesn't get taken well, that doesn't necessarily mean he's not treating you as a wife. And certainly doesn't mean that you don't have to act like a wife. I know, I know you don't mean it, and I, I don't want to be cynical, but you're not acting like a wife. You are a wife. There's no acting. I'm not going to act like one. You're a wife, and there are things that a wife has to do. And one should never consider saying, well, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to be what I'm supposed to be, I'm not going to do what I'm supposed to do. Even if, now, if somebody would be neglecting their own obligations, you could talk to a roof or somebody and see, you know, am I obligated to do this for somebody who's not doing what they're obligated to do? And, and that's discussed, that's an idea that has to also be communicated the right way and dealt with responsibly. You know, for someone to just um, enable somebody else's neglecting their obligations by keep on just sticking committed to whatever they're supposed to be doing without any, you know, that's something you should discuss with somebody. But, but just remember that the fact that you decide how you want to be treated doesn't obligate anyone to it and doesn't absolve you of any um, responsibilities or obligations. So it's very important that no matter what you're going to communicate in this situation to your husband, again, this is six months old, I, I don't know if the bike is still there or this is still going on or if you're acting like a wife or not, I have no idea. But remembering, remembering to get guidance and not react too emotionally too quickly. Remembering what really does belong to who and how control works in relationships and letting people make their own decisions. Remembering how to communicate both your feelings and letting someone else communicate is extremely important. And remembering that, yeah, husband and wife are committed to each other. This is something that I keep on on mentioning this to people every day. You're committed to each other. You can't say, if you don't do this, I don't do that, and I don't want this, and I'm not going to do that, and threaten each other. That's not how a relationship works. You sign up for this. You sign up for this. It's like we start with, don't say, when I'll have the time, when I'll be treated the right way, when I'll be feeling good, when this, when that, that's when I'm going to step up to the plate and do what I'm supposed to do. Husbands shouldn't do that, and wives shouldn't do that. I mean, I wish with the right understanding, with the right tolerance, with the right flexibility, with the right communication, 
They can live together.